Kevin Stribos, off-season, usually a snow race, but this is a special one. Um, obviously, we're only four weeks into the off-season. Normally, that's a time for rest, and you've kind of been forced into that because you had elbow surgery shortly after Imola. Just explain that situation, how that came about, and why it needed to be done, basically. Yeah, I got that uh, elbow, um, the, the elbow uh, injury from last year, actually. Um, I mean, a little bit from the beginning of the year. And I just got inflammated, you know, and uh, yeah, it was there the whole year and then got some injection in it. So that's why we decided to do after the um, after the last GP to get a operation because it was quite a difficult year. I couldn't practice the way I wanted to. So yeah, it was difficult. But then, uh, yeah, now it's done, you know, feeling better already. Well, it will take time. Normally they sit uh, about two to three months. So it will be the end of November. Um, I think I can start to ride a bike easy, so yeah, we'll see. I guess if like you had the surgery and it was two, three weeks, you would have just got it done in June, July, whenever, but obviously two, three months. Had you got that done, the season would have been fucked, so you've kind of had your hands tied from whenever this happened. Yeah, sure, you know, because last year I had also the inflammation on the elbow, and then, uh, yeah, then it was also like cut in the tendon, so uh, now it didn't... I mean, it didn't was that bad, so I tried, so I said, yeah, you know, just tried with injections to uh, ride because otherwise the season was finished again. And yeah, I didn't have any contract for uh, for uh, next year. So I, yeah, I really wanted to ride and, and, and you know, try to get something. And uh, even it, even it, it was not easy. I think in the end started to come back a little bit. You know, I had some decent races. I wouldn't say good races, but decent, so. I feel like we've had this conversation so many times, but it's so weird how, like, obviously you need to be out there, you want to be out there, so you push through this pain and maybe you shouldn't have even been racing. People obviously don't see that, so although you need to be out there to get a deal for next year, you're kind of hurting yourself because people are just looking and going, oh, 12th, that's, that's not what we want. But I don't know, it's just a weird situation where you've got to try and balance it, and I guess it comes down to luck and just hoping things work out. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's not easy because, you know, like you say, you know, the people, they just watch the paper and they said, oh, 15 or 17 or 12 or, oh, yeah, that's shit. And, but in the end, you know, they don't know what's going on, you know. And then if you can't practice, if you can't do things what you want or how you want to do it, and then it's really difficult for to be on the top, you know. Uh, you know, all the guys are working hard and then they're, they are fit. Most of the guys are fit, you know, and probably some guys also have some injuries but uh yeah you just want to try to do the best you can and then sometimes you have to accept that you got 15 you know with the injury and then it's difficult to accept that but you know it's i think it's still better to go out there to go to you know to uh, fight for 15 than to uh, stay home and then you know get a operation and then that you, yeah, that you were not at the at the GPS. Obviously, you had the injury in the off season, leading into the season as well. Being honest, now was there any race this year where you were actually at one hundred percent and you were feeling like perfect, or was it just the whole season a struggle? Yeah, actually, the the whole season was was bad, you know, because before the, I broke the collarbone, and before that I was feeling pretty good. I was feeling fit, you know, riding was going good in Spain with everything and. So I was feeling good, and then, yeah, then the collarbone, and then <clears throat> I think, yeah, you know, and then such a small time between the collarbone and the first GP that, 
you know you get a bit of stress and then you want to start and maybe you start a bit too early you know and you ride a bit uh, tight and then you know you get some other muscles you know with it when you ride tight and so um, <clears throat> maybe that's why the injury came up again you know a little bit and uh, but yeah I didn't felt uh, comfortable the whole year and then it was not about the team because I think the team did the best they could uh, yeah, it was just not happening Do you feel like obviously now we're going back a bit but when you came off of that collarbone injury in the off season had Valentin been healthy and the team not needed you in Argentina do you feel like had you taken say the first two rounds off and then came back would that have kind of changed the whole year for you do you think maybe that would have just given you time to get back to 100% and then things maybe would have rolled a bit easier from that point on yeah, for sure it was a blow, you know, that in 24 hours the whole team was down. And uh, But then, yeah, you know, you anyway, I I had the option to stay home from Argentina, from the team. So they say, you know, if you don't feel good, then don't go there. But, you know, that's, you know, that's me, you know, I always want to go. And even if I'm vain or not, you know, I always want to go there and uh, race. And uh, <coughs> so, yeah, we opted to go. And in the end, yeah, it was... If we look at it, you know, it was not the best move, I think, you know, because I think I scored the first mod, I scored a few points, and the second one I even didn't score. So, you know, in the end, yeah, it's always, you know, when you look back, you can change. But at that moment, I, uh, yeah, I wanted to go even if I had the possibility to go, you know, to uh, pull out. So. You said that there was no point in the season when you were at 100%. But looking back now, is there one race that sticks out in your mind where you're like, that was good, I was happy with that, or not really? For others, at that point, I'm I'm a quite difficult guy. You know, I always think think more on the negative points than on the positive points, even that when I sometimes I come home off the track and people say, oh, yeah, you, you were good and your riding was good. And I'm like, fuck, you know, <laughs> shit, you know. It's, I, especially in the beginning of the season, you know, I still remember Spain you know I was battling you know because Spain was a bit of a sandy track so and uh, I was battling for 14th and 13th and I was battling with guys I was like oh. and then I came back and Tim was oh yeah good I'm 14 I was like Tim what are you saying you know I'm 13 14 it's like yeah it's so bad and I was really pissed you know and 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 then he said yeah but consider where you came from I said even that you know even then it was shit you know so like yeah that's just difficult for myself maybe that's a thing what I had to work on in the past you know just to be a bit more positive about myself and uh, yeah just for the race what stood out I don't know you know I can't think that there was one race where I said oh that was good maybe yeah I I had some few things, you know, like for example Portugal. You know, things went so bad yeah. with with me there, and then we changed something drastically for the second moto, and then you know the step between the first one and the second one that was huge. So then the second moto, I, I was for myself, I was riding really good, you know. Obviously, this year was like your first step down from a factory team in a while. You spent ages with Suzuki again. Standing contracts kind of in a weird spot because obviously if you move to a team like JK Yamaha, everyone knows that's a privateer effort. Standing contracts somewhere in the middle. So just kind of explain the differences between a full factory team like Suzuki 
and a satellite slash factory supported team like uh, Standing Construct? Yeah, I think with the with the factory team, you have so many possibilities to change your bike. You know, you have to say oh, maybe I want to change that, and then the next day it's there. And when now you know with the private team. It was not like that, you know, we had that and we had to deal with it, you know, or we had to do with it. And we could change uh, minor things, you know, we can change by ourselves and, and, and try to figure it out. But it's not, yeah, it's not easy to do that like that, you know, because I was used to do, oh, I mean, I was used to have everything what I want. Even, you know, when the, yeah, when the bike was not good there, I tell them and they fixed it. And now, yeah, it's just... Yeah, it was a different way. And in the end, uh, in the beginning, it was a bit strange, even that the team was working good, you know, yeah. and they want to try to find uh, everything. But, uh, but you know, when the season went on, you know, you start to, uh, you say, you start to uh, adapt to that, pro- to the problem, you know. Maybe it's not a real problem, but <laughs> you know what I mean? And... Um, so yeah, but that's actually the main thing, you know. That just that there's not so much stuff what you can try on your bike or having that flexibility. Though was that even the case at Suzuki? Like, it sucks to say, but it's well known that out of all the factory teams, Suzuki maybe had the tightest budget and just the toughest time going racing. I mean, they're not even here now, so clearly that was the case. Did you even have that same flexibility at Suzuki though? Did that feel like a full factory experience, or were there still limitations in areas? No, for me not, you know, because yeah, maybe they were not known as the biggest team out there in the paddock, but if you see what was in there, you know, from from parts, from everything, I think that's that was one of the biggest teams what were, you know, from parts and then and, and uh so yeah, I never had that problem with them. They were always good to me. They always uh they did everything what I asked and and, and so yeah, that was yeah. To me that was like a home there. Well, speaking of Suzuki then, obviously you spent so long with the team in two parts, both at the beginning of your career and then more recently. When Everts first joined it in 2016, that was obviously a bit of a change and that home environment that you were used to obviously got turned upside down a little bit. It obviously came good in the end because you won a GP, maybe surprisingly, and at home, so what more could you want? But obviously that process when he first joined, it sounds like that was maybe something that you had to get used to, maybe in the same way that you adjusted to standing construct in the beginning, just teething problems and things you have to work through. Yeah, to be honest, you know, that was quite difficult. I, uh, um, you know, new boss and, you know, they want to try something new or they want to do new things where they think it's best. And I was there already so long, you know, um, so I was used to all the stuff what we did, and then now you know with Everts it was completely different. And um, yeah, for sure I had to, to get used to it. You know, I think many people in the team had to get used to it, the way you the way you worked. And and, and but um, yeah, if it was a good way or not, I leave it in the middle. And then yeah. Speaking of Suzuki then, obviously, like we say, you spent so long there. Is there one year with Suzuki that stands out where everything was clicking? Obviously, even if I think about your career, 2004, that was obviously a great start to your career and you really made, put your name on the map. 
2007, you were really quick. Probably could have, should have won the title. Even 2006, Everts was there, but you were the next best guy. Like There are lots of high points with that team. Is there anything that sticks out in your mind as that year was just amazing? Yeah, I think 2007 was was a year, you know. It was a really good year. I, I had some injuries again with my knee. I remember I was op- I got an operation four times dur- during the season on the knee. So, and I, you know, if I think back on it, it's it's just a shame, you know. I I still remember how it was yesterday. You know, I got a got a big knee. You know, I got uh, fluid on the yeah. knee in France, and I couldn't stand on on on. on on, on my leg and then yeah we decided not to ride and then the next week after was uh, Bulgaria and the team said yeah you know if you can't ride here it's not going to be better in one week so but yeah I was like mm, yeah you know maybe I still had to go and <laughs> but then yeah we opted not to go and then it was it was better in that weekend where I should be in uh, on the GP yeah. but I didn't and then in the end you know you miss the GP by or you miss the world champion by 33 points you know you, you know for sure I scored 33 points in those two <laughs> races you know so that's yeah that's always a moment what yeah what's what sticks in my mind or what stays in my mind and but then after I think Lockett you know I won Lockett I won Money Glass I won Lirop I won you know that those last those five last GPs they were really good you know I was I was going to the to the track going to the weekend I said yeah pff, nobody will beat me here you know I was so confident I was yeah. so I don't want to yeah you know I, I can't make mistakes it, it will be good you know and every time it was like that you know so did you ever have that feeling any other year that like no one could beat you I guess it was tough before that because obviously Everts was there but obviously 2008 2009 they were tough for you but that was when the door was kind of open more uh no you know that feeling i um, I tried to think about that feeling when when it was going bad, you know. Of then I tried to try to get that feeling up again to feel. But you know, if you if you if you're running for let's say tenth, doesn't matter if you get that feeling, you know, because it's not that feeling not gonna bring you tenth to first, you know. So uh, another good year was I think 2014 and 15. Yep. I was third and fifth I think yeah, yeah. in the championship so those were quite good also it's weird that we're going back in time but I've always wanted to talk to you about your career so I guess we can touch on bits of it here so going back to 2007 obviously I was only 12 at that point but it always interests me because obviously I couldn't interview you at that point so you miss those races and obviously it's easy to say like ah, oh, but I need the points but then what are the chances of something going wrong for Coppins or Ramon and like what are the chances it won't happen looking back now obviously that's got a kind of play on your mind a little bit when you just look back at what you've achieved, what you could have done. Like, it really was a missed opportunity. Like, I've even got, I've just got an image in my head, like, that stands out of you crossing the line in Lirop, just of, like, when I even looked at you and was like, that's the guy, like, this is the guy that should have been champion. Like, it just should have happened. Yeah, you know, it should have, yeah, it should have happened and it didn't, you know. There's, it's also, I think, you know, that, that time you know i was still young and you know if you yeah if um, if you're young you would think completely different like when you're a bit older and that's yeah i think that's somewhere where it where it went wrong that year yeah. also and uh, yeah i blame myself for it you know it's there's nobody nobody else to blame for and uh 
Yeah, especially like you say, you know, what can you know what could happen with Josh, but you know, then he crashed in Lockett and hurt hurt the shoulder or broke the shoulder blade, and yeah, those just that's just uh, part of racing. What I all what I will always keep with me, you know, even how bad it is, I will always yeah, rem- I will always remember it like it was yesterday. One more thing on the past before we go back to the future. <laughs> that 2007 season, obviously Suzuki were at the top. They had you and Ramon. Like you can't really beat a duo like that. Is it weird for you now with them not being in the paddock? Because obviously you experience that journey of them progressing as a team and then eventually shutting up. Is it just weird for you to see that they've kind of they were at that point and now they're not even here at all? Yeah, for sure. You know, it's a shame to not see them anymore because. You know, we had really, really good years. And, you know, when they came first year, 2004 with the 450, you know, it was already such a good bike, you know, and even even it was a f- uh, first year. But then, yeah, the 2007 bike was awesome. And then even when I went back, you know, we changed quite a lot because um, in 2013, you know, the first year I went back, we changed a lot on the bike because I felt, you know, there was much more on the bike. and. Yeah think we did great and now you know when yeah when they are not there it's yeah it's just a shame and then yeah it's a shame for the brand and it's it's a shame for the sport too you know so hopefully they will come back uh, soon and then hopefully they can yeah try to be back on top right back to the current day i guess (laughs) obviously um your contract's up for next year and at the moment you don't have anything it's kind of been a hot topic with everyone i think this year has been asking you is this your last year do you know if this is it and I'm not sure what it would take for this to be it, but would you be content? Do you feel like you need to do one more year just to tick certain things off? Or if you have to call it a day now, would you be happy? No, I would not be happy if I had to call it a day, you know, because I I still like to be out there, you know. I still like to train a lot in the winter time to get ready. And if the time is there when I'm... when um, when when I want to be I mean when I want to practice but if I don't want to practice to get better or then yeah then it's time to stop you know but at the moment you know I still yeah I'm, I'm looking for something and there might be some spots and um, then I all then I just want to keep on going you know I just want to keep working hard in the winter go with the same feeling what I go every year and then and try to make the best of it and then, you know, try to be back in the top 10 and top 5, you know. I know it's really hard, really, really hard because there's so many good guys. And But I just want to be fit, you know, just, yeah, like we said, you know, and then I go back to the past. <laughs> but <laughs> try to get that, you know, just try to get that feeling back what I had. And then, yeah, then, you know, if you have fun on the bike, everything goes much more easier. I guess that's the thing, like, had the last two years been injury-free for you, maybe it'd be easier to just say this is it, but you've had so many stops and starts over the last couple of years that you just must want one more year where you don't have any injuries, you can train consistently, ride consistently, and knock out sevenths, eighths, fifths, just have a normal season. <laughs> yeah, that's the plan, you know, but that's the plan already a long time. And then, But, you know, just those injuries, they... Yeah, they might come for a reason, you know. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I get too old, even if I even even if I don't feel old, you know. I might be getting too old, but um, yeah, I don't think about stop stopping, you know. And then if the day comes, if it has, yeah, if it has to be, then it has to be, you know. 
and then I don't know what to do <laughs> after racing, but yeah, it's a new life. And then, yeah, I didn't know. I mean, I always, you know, since I was young, you know, I I rode my first my first bike when I was two years and a half, you know, and then I rode my first GP in two thousand, my first GP, yeah, and then the first completely season in two thousand and one. So it's been seventeen years or eighteen years that I ride GPs, you know. So every every year I s I start again on the same date and then do everything again. So it, yeah, it's going to be completely different if I don't have to do. You know, sometimes I think about it like, oh shit, one, you know, for example, you know, not now because I think there might be something yeah. on the line. But um, when the time was not there, when there was nothing, then I was thinking, oh shit, you know what what I have to do when when the season comes or when the date comes when I have to start <laughs> practicing again, you know, what I'm going to do. And then, I, yeah, sometimes I think I'm quite scared for those or for that day. Without saying too much, for the options that you have, it seems like they're going to be for European GPs only and you won't be going to Indonesia, Hong Kong. At this point in your career, when you're sat at home watching the Indonesian GP on TV, are you going to be thinking like, shit, I need to be there, this is ridiculous? Or are you happy just to like kind of stick on a European programme with normal tracks, I guess you'd say, <laughs> or more regular tracks? Like, do you still want to be at every round and it's going to drive you insane or are you kind of after different things now? Uh, it will also depend a little bit on how the season goes yeah. then until then, you know. Uh, but... I, for sure, I want to go to Indonesia and China because I think it's, yeah, let's, let's say I want to go to different places, you know, now, yeah. for example, China, you know, it's it's a, it's a new place. I really want to go there to see how the track is, you know, outside of the racing also. So, yeah, I think if it's on TV, I will sit and there and watch like, oh, shit, I shouldn't be there, you know. So hopefully when, yeah. When it goes good, then then I want to be there. When it goes bad, yeah, then it's no point, you know, to go there because it's so expensive for the teams to go there. And then, yeah. Going back to what you said a minute ago, obviously, seventeen or eighteen years in GPs, you've really seen everything, like the way it's progressed away from the track, promoters, TV rights, everything's changed in that time. Do you obviously you feel like the sports in its strongest spot now with the infrastructure, the media platforms, the TV coverage, like? As a rider, do you feel like this is a sport as its strongest, even on the business side for you? Oh, I think the sport is on the on the stronger side, you know, with the publicity and all that for sure, you know, because the good years what I had in two thousand six, two thousand seven, it wasn't like that. It was just a bit smaller. It was more familiar. Yeah. Because, you know, we after the models or after like a Saturday evening we went to one guy's camper and sit there and then now it's not anymore you know and I just after the race the team closes the tent and that's it and yeah. you don't see anybody anymore so it's a bit of a shame and yeah the tracks change a lot you know it's just yeah it is what it is you know you have to ride on it but I think the best you know best way was in the past for the tracks I think because you know one time you I mean this weekend you went to the really hard 
spec and then next week you had Lomo or whatever, you know, a sand track and even on a hard pack they didn't rip it, you know, they was just like it is. They just put they just put water now. Now sometimes, you know, people get crazy when they put a bit of water on. Yeah, it's slippery, it's slippery, yeah, but I mean, you know, in, in in the past when you went to Geldorf, you know, they put water on the track, it was blue groove and then water on the track it was ice, but you just have to adapt to the yeah. track, you know. The track doesn't, you know, they don't have to adapt to you. So that's a bit of a shame that they don't have that anymore. And then um, there are so many tracks out there. And, yeah, they like to make new venues. And I don't care with new venues or new tracks, but make it like a natural track. I mean, I think that's the best. Not like all those built tracks, you know. I think we have 1,000 jumps on one lap. And, yeah, it's way too much. Way too much. Right, seeing as you've done it all and seen it all, then let's finish up with two uh, hot topics that I think it'd be good to get your opinion on. First off, uh, they announced the EMX rule, but that's going to be capped at 23, the same as MX2, which is also capped at 23. Do you have any opinions on that? Do you feel like that's a good move, something else needs to change? Do you have any thoughts at all? Yeah, I think that move from the EMX is good because um, there are so many uh, older riders, let's say, that can't be in GPs that they go to uh, EMX so that's so much more difficult for the younger riders to show them you know how they are and how they ride so that's I I think that's a good move but then yeah they have to change up the day or the the age from the MX2 they should make it 25 or even you know even no uh, age you know I think uh, it will give the yeah, it will give more riders the possibility to be back on the MX2 bike. And, uh, yeah, because many riders, they like more the MX2 bike, like the MX1 bike. And then I think, yeah, I mean, it doesn't, yeah. I think the age, the age system is, yeah, shit. <laughs> and uh, finally, the Nations, which kind of starting to calm down now, but everyone's been talking about that. It surprised the shit out of me that America finished sixth and Italy almost won and... Basically, nothing made sense. Uh, what did you make of it all? Surprised, I guess? Yeah, for sure. You know, it, it was. I, I watched on TV and I think, you know, also a lot had to do with the track, you know, with the weather, what they had. And then it was not like the normal uh, red bud yeah. what they had on the, on the national. So I think that uh, the track wasn't, I mean, on TV, you know, it didn't look heavy, you know, it didn't look look, look bumpy. It yeah. uh, was quite flat and, uh, you know, corners hard on the neat and then soft in the corner so it's yeah it's difficult to ride you know I think we had a bit of an of an advantage how to ride those tracks but yeah you know uh yeah it's a one day event you know so anything can happen and then and yeah I think also Belgium did didn't do great in <laughs> what I saw you know I, I I didn't know what what happened but for sure you know I, I know they did all their their best what they could and yeah, if, if that day something goes bad, you know, it, it fucks up all the all the points. So, yeah. Let's finish on this, actually. Uh, 2013, you obviously did two outdoor nationals. And a lot of people point to America starting to lose, but it's a one-day format, the tracks don't get as rough, they're prepped more. Did you actually find that when you raced there? Like, I'm sure things have changed a little bit over the years, but were you surprised how smooth it was, how prepped it was, and all of that? Yeah, I think, to be honest, like the one day events they're much better because they prep the track 
and you know it's one day but now at this moment on GPs they prep the track on Saturday you know it's muddy and then Saturday evening because there are so many classes they prep it again yeah. so that's you know that doesn't make sense but those two, two nationals I did they were yeah they were fast and uh but they also had deep, deep ruts, you know. I know Denver, they had deep ruts, braking bumps, you know. So it's not like it's flat, but it just maybe looks flat because it's so fast, you know. So I think, uh, yeah, they want to do the same here in GPs, but the GPs, the tracks are just a lot, a lot smaller and a lot slower, and you can't build so many jumps on a smaller track like they want to do on a big uh, track in America. So, yeah.